So, Seth. So. This is a different episode. A little bit, but. We've already cut the, all the segments and all that, but we didn't get a chance to say a few things. For example, we're proud members of the Osiris community. Yes, OsirisPod.com, O-S-I-R-I-S-P-O-D.com. Osiris Media. And by the way, uh, in the summer, well, all year round, but particularly in the summer, they have a lot of events and contests and things going on. And you want to go to OsirisPod.com and sign up to their newsletter to find out. And one example of it is their interview series. And you may want to check out Jonathan Hart with Railroad Earth from Delfest after you listen to this episode. Oh, yeah. The, uh, you're talking about the YouTube. Uh, yeah. They did a bunch of YouTubes at Delfest about what, last summer was it or summer before? It all blends together. It's been a. I don't know, but Deadheads or the Dead Curious should know about Jonathan's Brokedown Pod, yes. too. He just had Melvin Seals on. Check that they out. They got Melvin. You got JK. What do you know about that? Well, when they come back east, hopefully he'll get JK and we'll get Melvin. And speaking of coming around, you know what's coming around, Rob? Tax season. That's right. April's coming. Don't wait till April and get screwed. Get Polay. Polay Clark, your financial accounting, your financial advising, your business management for the music industry and beyond, sports, etc. They've got the smarts. And the hots. Olayclark.com. I just want to say before we launch into this, also, we um, the music is three exclusive performances, the second of which is the title track, All for the Song. Thank you so much, Railroad Earth, for making time for us on a show day when you'd just flown in from the West Coast. Really, really New Year's. I mean, this is the New Year's time, New Year's run. And to make the time super appreciated. Uh, also, Diamond Street Studios, Spencer. Thank you so much, Spencer Garn, for... Having us there and putting this together. It's great to be able to flaunt how great your studio is. And we're going to start with Slipping Away.
Listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth, and we're sitting here at Diamond Street Studios, right next to the Variety Playhouse in Little Five Points, Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you, Spencer Garn, and we're sitting here with Todd Schaefer, the lead vocalist of Railroad Earth. (laughs) That's right. Nice to be here, guys. Well, thank you so much, and what a day! Jeez, thanks so much for coming in here, sneaking in here right before your New Year's uh, two-night run at the Variety Playhouse. Yeah, we're getting we're getting set up, getting ready to go. But this was uh, quite quite convenient. Couldn't have been more convenient. <laughs> unless you unless you set your studio up in the variety. <laughs> Down the road someday. <clears throat> but thanks for having us. It's fun. Well, you yeah. just played that Stanley Hotel. Is that the name of it? Up in Colorado? Yeah, the Stanley Hotel. The the infamous Stanley, you know, that uh, from The Shining, which, you know, I'm not as familiar with that movie and that story as, as others are, but... Uh, it it sets a it sets a vibe and it was it was a lot of fun it was a great couple nights little shining trivia uh, history for you um, <laughs> the new shining came out the part two I guess the, the okay. sequel if you will is it any good I don't know but my son's in the scene he was an extra oh but he wants to see it and I can't let him see it because he's six oh man <laughs> <laughs> he's but but it's okay for him to play a part in it but he can't see it exactly right well. I hope you reviewed the party was playing before you allowed the. Uh... <laughs> so, so the reason why we even a- we asked you here is to, to kind of just want to tell the quick story. Um, Strings and Soul, you guys came out and and it was a the sound was so impressive, so so rejuvenated, and I was so excited to hear it. And and both sets were just just like that. I mean, you didn't you didn't let up. It was, and it was, so you have the new musicians in the in the band here, and we just really wanted to be able to shine a light on on this new sound that you to guys have. The new sound, yeah. <laughs> For those of you who aren't uh, Railroad Earth hardcores, they lost a dear founding member and friend, the multi instrumentalist. Andy Gessling. Yeah. Um, it wasn't out of nowhere, but it did seem like he was sick and was and was getting healthy and then slipped away again, huh? Yeah. Um, he had cancer and uh, at one point, you know, and the timeline is, is going to be a little foggy for me, but at one point, you know, he came to us uh, with news that he'd, he had a clean slate and a clean bill of health. And we thought he had beaten it, um, but it came back. And when it came back, it came back with a vengeance. And, and then it was, you know, a pretty precipitous uh, decline. And it was, of course, you know, brutal to watch and and sad, you know. But if he was looking down, if he is, which I'm sure he is looking down on the band, I'm sure he'd be really happy with yes. the way that you guys picked up your pieces and kept the sound moving and evolved the sound. Yeah, and at times you you can't help but 
but think that um, he has played a part in <laughs> in uh, finding people for us. Uh, and you know, like you you were saying, you know, keeping a, a, the energy and the spirit of the band alive and growing. You know, um, sometimes you have to wonder because mm-hmm. um, he was such a, an important. Uh, huge part of our sound and of course part of the spirit of the band but um you know we've been blessed you know that's that's the only word you can use you know that, mm-hmm. to 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 find these these wonderful new musicians and and beyond that uh guys who just kind of fit in with the with the overall family um with the spirit of the family that w- that we've created over these 20 years you know they they fit right in and we love them <laughs> you know yeah they're good folks good people that's which which makes all the difference you know he wasn't just a multi-instrumentalist he was very much a student of instruments endlessly curious yeah would work his butt off to learn how to play them knew mm-hmm. their historical sin- significance in many cases like which one was played on what recording right essentially an ethnomusicologist yes but for todd he influenced how you look at your own and care for your own guitar right can you tell our listeners about that oh well um, you know, Andy had a, a deep knowledge of, of instruments, you know, he, um, he owned lots and lots of them. Obviously he played everything with strings or the, that you could blow into, but, <laughs> <Or both>. <laughs> but he also, um, he also knew, you know, as you, as you described, you know, knew the history of the the various makers, uh, the whole history of um, the styles, the models, and you know he and he was always on the hunt for a for an instrument. You know, and he in fact he you know he it was sort of a side uh, job for him. He you know buying and trading instruments, and he on the road he'd he'd go to every pawn shop <laughs> imaginable, every one he could find, and. In every music store, and you know, see what they had, and he was always discovering and finding gems, you know, because he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was looking at every time he picked something up. He knew what kind of condition it was in. He knew whether it was a a good one, a bad one, or how much it would cost to repair it. You know, he was very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. and uh, and I learned a lot from him about that. The guitar I play on stage is a triple O. 18 and I had a triple O when I when the band started uh that was the guitar I was playing but I basically beat the hell out of it on the road and it was disintegrating <laughs> and uh Andy was in a shop in Idaho you know and found a triple O that uh he said hey you know Todd you should try this one and I didn't need to try it because he had already tried it. <laughs> and and I trusted his opinion more than my opinion. So I'm like, all right, cool, go get it. <laughs> and he inspired you to care for it more carefully as well, right? Well, no, I I I'm not that's uh that's not my my personality. You know, I don't take great care of my, <laughs> my of my guitar, you oh, know. You I, and Rob would get along I really play. well. Yeah, you should see what I do to my cassette decks. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I just play them until they fall apart, basically, uh, and I go through go through some. But but I've taken a little better care, maybe. But um, um, it's holding up. It's a great guitar, and and uh, yeah. So so that's um, I believe that's that story. Andy and I both at 
at one point early on, I uh, got a uh, an endorsement from a company called Crafters in Tennessee, and we and they made us both um, uh, rosewood dreadnoughts. And Andy, that's the guitar that Andy played. That was in the first year of the band. They got behind us and and built those guitars for us. That's the guitar that Andy played the entire time in Railroad Earth. And I have one as well. I it we ended up favoring the blend of the smaller body guitar that I play with the dreadnought that he played it provided that kind of the, the sonic blend that we worked on and achieved over the years. So, um, but we both have those crafters guitars as well that we, that we use in the band. Now, before we get into this uh, next song, would you uh, be so kind to introduce your, to your new musicians in the band, uh, who is, they are. As one well is an as, Atlanta staple. That's right. Uh, who, who they <laughs> are and also how Matt your sound Slocum. has changed since you brought them in. Well, you know, that's, um, it's a work in progress and, um, and it's new. Uh, but um, the two players are Mike Robinson. Um, and um, Mike grew up in Colorado in Boulder. Uh, but he he lives in Brooklyn now, and we actually had some auditions. He came out and auditioned. Um, and to be perfectly honest, you know, it, it wasn't the audition. I don't think that uh, <laughs> that convinced us that he would he'd be great for the band. We we then took him out on the road for a few dates, and, and that's when we started getting to know him first of all, uh, because that's important. An important part of hell yeah, got to spend do. a lot of time together. Yeah, exactly. And he's just a he's just a great guy. He's a wonderful human being and uh, incredible musician. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of blown away at how how well he has um, picked up the the spirit of what we do and the vibe of what we do because it's not just about the notes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and he's guitar <clears throat> banjo, but also plays pedal steel, right? Yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, he's he's not, uh, you know, it's not that he's just stepping in and trying to be Andy. He, he's he's doing what he does, but he's in the Andy spot on stage, and he's playing the banjo. He's playing the second guitar parts. He's learned, you know, Andy's parts um a lot of a lot of andy's parts but also but he's not playing the dobro and in the spots where andy was playing dobro he's playing the pedal steel and um and playing the pedal steel on other stuff as well so that's that's a new that's a new sonic texture a new Mm -hmm. sound for us does that stoke your creativity at all do you start thinking whether covers or originals oh man i've got pedal steel to play with now well, yeah, absolutely, and it changes the uh, the flow of of you know what we have been doing for all these years because it's just different, and and of course something different is is always you know uh, makes makes uh, piques your interest, piques your ears, you know, and makes you listen afresh. Which maybe the freshness. Some of it comes from that. It's just mm-hmm. different, you know. And is it? And he's a different player. He's a different person. <clears throat> and of course, then the the band evolves and uh, naturally um, interrelating with with the new sounds that are going on and the new um, 
new parts, new playing. You know, you, you know what I mean. Uh, so, um, and then there's Matt Slocum, who, who he had to steal away from. Uh, from Jimmy Herring, right? <laughs> who else is he playing with? He's like I don't know, but the last three or four times I saw ARU, Matt Slocum was right, in the band, uh-huh. and that's huge. Yeah. That's big, 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 yeah. big. He's big. got such a great sound on that organ. My God. And everyone yeah. who plays with him speaks highly of him. He's a wonderful person. We love him. And um, always got a smile, Matt. You know, he's <laughs> he's great. And uh incredible musician. I mean, you know, I don't think we've even explored half the the things he could do not even close you know he's mm-hmm. he's amazing and um and of course it's a new sound when when Andy got sick um we continued on and um some of the shows that we did um when it was clear he was having some treatment and wouldn't be able to make it we had guests sit in you know um and we had friends help us out. Yeah. And one of the thoughts we had during that whole time was that we didn't want to just try and uh, fill the Andy spot. We wanted to bring someone in and, and, and do something new, you know. Um, so hold on. So that, that was a cautious decision, the band to say, we don't want to just take our sound and have it replaced, but we're, we were all open to this journey of where our sound can evolve. Yeah, it was unanimous. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was unanimous. I know Andrew was... Um, He's the one that brought Matt in, Maybe right? leading the charge on that at first. He is the one, and he is the one who brought Matt in. Right. Yeah. Uh, Andrew knew Matt because they're both... Um, Atlanta. School of Bruce. <laughs> School of Bruce, exactly. Colonelettes. <laughs> yep. And uh, that was a great choice. And, um, and uh, but yeah, that was, that was the, that was the thought process. Um, Cause for one thing, you, you know, you can't replace Andy. <laughs> no. He's irreplaceable. Yeah. So you have to kind of find a new way. And, Obviously, adding a keyboard instead of a banjo changes the dynamic a lot. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, Matt was he, he, very sympathetic uh, listener to and, and and fit right in. You know, um, and other people did too. I mean, you know, the Beatles song "I Get By with a Little Help from My Friends." You know, we we got by with some help from our friends. We had a bunch of our bluegrass. Buddies came and sat in, and we had we had a, a, a you know um, several keyboard players came out and sat in. So it would take me a while to get a big list together because there was <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a dozen people at least. Um, but this is kind of where we're where we're at right now with um, Mike and Matt, and and the band sounds uh, different, but we're still. The same, but it's it's different and it's it's growing. You know, it's interesting. I think if you want a window into the potential of how good this can get, mm-hmm. that folks, we're, we're um, doing this interview on the day of their first of two Variety Playhouse shows, the New Year's run. <clears throat> so before I, I listened to four recent shows, two of which are the Strings and Soul, yeah. and the first night when you encore with Till the Morning Comes, which yeah. was great, but the three songs before that, okay. which I think was Captain. Uh, Captain Nowhere. Yes, Captain Nowhere. Yeah. And then Mission Man and Like a Buddha. <laughs> okay. Those three were just amazing. It seemed like it really 
coalesce at that moment. Did it feel that way on stage too, where it was it was feeling felt like a band that had been together for a long time, <laughs> or at least it sounded that way. Well, you know, it. Um, I'm not the greatest judge of which shows are the uh, are the. Um, Do you go back and listen? Are the stands? I I I don't. I I never have. It kind of freaks me out. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I think it's. Um, but I'll trust you on that one. I'll trust you. They all feel pretty solid. This is a band that's um, that doesn't have a lot of bad nights. In fact, it'd be I'd be hard pressed to think of one. Uh, it's a pretty professional unit, but it's but that magic, you know, when that happens, it's it's. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember the second set at uh, strings that strings oh, and soul, uh, and one of the uh, the magical moments for me was there was a windsurfer out in the <clears throat> out on the water and nice. we were playing i think uh, seven story mountain or something like that but it was feeling lovely and beautiful and soaring and and then the windsurfer sort of lifted off with the music and started sailing around with the music and then some pelicans came from Those the other pelicans, end. Those pelicans, man. <laughs> <laughs> and they the started side. joining in on the uh, on the proceedings uh, and sailing with the music. And uh, that's that's you know those kind of moments to me are like I love that kind of thing. Yeah. For the Redwood Earth fans, <laughs> Todd is speaking of twelve fifteen nineteen, and I was speaking of twelve thirteen nineteen. But let's talk about we we oh, go ahead, Seth. So I was going to finish your sentence. Let's talk about the new album. Yeah. Right, because you just started. You were here at Diamond Street Studios next to the Variety. You were very gracious to come over here, and you played three yeah. songs for us. And we're, yeah. we're, we're leading with, um, what's that first one called? Slipping Away. Slipping Away. Yeah. Just like your memory. At this point, you have, <clears throat> have you played that live at this point now? We've played it a couple times. Oh. Um, but that's I, it. Uh, you know, we're... Uh, we're starting to play it because the records we're getting closer to putting it out. You know, we don't want to play it too much before the records out, save a little, uh, little excitement for the release. But we started playing that and a couple other ones. And people hearing this, it is out now. The record just came out because this will be released. Oh, or right, or it's being go. released tomorrow <laughs> or next week, but somewhere around there. That's the amazing <laughs> thing about the music business these days. You you know. I want to release it. Okay, good. It's done. Put it on the internet. You know, it doesn't. It's uh, it's a pretty pretty quick process. But um, yeah, that's a funny one. That's a you know one of the uh, one of the uh, you know the perks and fun things about uh, being a being a musician, the public, being out in front of the public a lot. You meet people, interesting folks. A friend of mine uh, that I've met over the years. Playing with Railroad Earth, a guy named Steve Hale. They call him Pepsi Steve. Is a caddy on the uh, on the PGA Tour. Oh, okay, yeah. right on, Pepsi Steve. And uh, you know, the summer of when we were uh, when I was working on the songs for this record, he uh, he hooked me up with some passes to the U.S. Open out in Long Island. Our one of our engineers, Ira Gross, is at the U.S. Open every year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this was at Shinnecock Hills out in Long Island. And it was fabulous, you know. Steve is great. He gives me like the caddy pass, so I feel very important. I just drive right up to the to the clubhouse and get out, and then so I followed. I followed the. Uh, f- that's, that's you, Todd. <laughs> Phone call. <laughs> no, that was you. You're on. And uh, so, so I was following around uh, um, 
the final pairing is a big is a very exciting uh exciting final round and uh so this is this is this is quite unusual this is a bluegrass song uh about a golf match. That was the initial inspiration for it. Is that right? <laughs> That's cool. <Yeah. laughs> so you hear some uh, golf references in there, which is kind of funny. And I had fun with it. And, and Anders heard this, he heard the song, and he thought that was he thought that was fun. He, he enjoyed the tune quite a bit, and uh, you know he lobbied for that one. So, uh, and of course, it's uh, something w that uh, Railroad Earth does very well, and that that uh, is a big part of. You know, uh, an excitement on a live show front is the, the you know the the ripping bluegrass tune and and it, and it fits it fits that that role as well. So it ended up on the new record with in that way. But that's that was the initial inspiration. But of course, it's it's uh, it, it can be it can be interpreted metaphorically uh, however you please. You know, like all songs, right? <laughs> like all all. Well, Ira goes up for the tennis U.S. Open. We need to have him take you, and then you could maybe we could get a song out of that. <laughs> right? I'm in. All right, would it be a it. reggae version of? Well, maybe I don't know. Would it be One Love? Pete Sampras, Sampras man. I would say yeah. Sampras man. Yeah. Do you get the One Love, Rob? Because tennis. Yeah. Okay. One, one Love. What well, would be Fifteen Love? No, right Andrew's. Andrew I don't know. Looks That's games. Andrew has showed up looking quite perplexed. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, he's on a hunt for something. <laughs> Let's get together and break the surf. <laughs> All right, um, where were we? Well, we were talking about the album, and you were talking about. Um, and I apologize for my vocal performance on that today. Here, you know, you you may not notice, but I have been I've been sick the last few days. So, and you get me over here before I'm I'm I'm, I'm loosened up here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's an exclusive for us, and it's yeah. also in a studio setting. I don't think people are. You, you right, know what I mean? Yeah. It's an alternate version. You know, it's, it's, it is alternate. That and on the note of the studio, you had some special guests. You were you were just mentioning uh, Osborne was on the album, right? So that's uh, yeah. Anders is the producer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Have you worked with him before? No, this is the first time. Excellent. Yeah. He's got a great story. He uh, was recently on our podcast on mental health, and uh, that oh, was wow. really interesting. He's very great. forthcoming and sincere, <laughs> and, and wow. Yeah, he sure is, and, and he has a, a lot to, to uh, share about it. And uh, actually, some of the discussions we had, uh, he came to my house, and we did a, you know, a powwow uh, before the recording sessions began, and just talked about the nature of what the album might be about and the songs mm -hmm. um, had some real uh, pretty intense heart to hearts about some stuff and you're, yeah he does <laughs> he he he, he uh, is very forthcoming with it and that's interesting because you, know, you write a lot you write most of these songs right yeah so when you bring them to the band and go into the studio mm -hmm. to what extent are you informing them your vision of what the song's about so that they're informed to deliver their performances with that in mind and to what extent do you want them to just take the meaning that they find and deliver that way? Um, I don't really... Uh, There's smoke coming out of your head right now. Yeah, was that... Did I word that badly? I feel like I made that <laughs> Well, no, wordy. I don't, I don't uh, try and, you know, give it an explication of what, what the song is all about. I, I think... Um, these guys know me well enough and are uh, intuitive enough and we've shared enough together that they understand mm -hmm. the, the tunes. And, and 
if they don't, I mean, it's, you know, some of the songs can be pretty clear what it's about, but if, you know, I don't like to make, sometimes I don't like a song to be that obvious, you know, so that you can interpret it in many different ways. Um, This album, though, more than others, I think, is a share, is, is, um, expresses uh, a lot of the the um, things that we shared as a band in the last couple of years. That's thematically and the spirit of this record, that's kind of what it is. <laughs> um, which, you know, that I, I consider that part of, um, part of my role as, you know, the, the main voice for the band. Uh, to express, you know, where the band is at, mm-hmm. what we've been through. Of course, you can't distance yourself from yourself entirely. So, <laughs> your own um, personal viewpoint on that is going to come through a little bit. But I'm also, I, you know, I, I, I try to uh, bring in the the journey that the band is on into the into the songs that we're working on at that particular time. This and this one, of course, you know, this the stuff we've been discussing was a big part of um, what the songs ended up being about. And this next song is an example of it? All for the song, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's expressive of our journey as well as, you know, it was a really rough year f- um, for our whole musical community and family with uh the 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 life of a musician can be um can be difficult you know and some of that is in this song but you come through stronger yeah well you know and it's uh it's certainly not a new story um but um since we're quoting marley today you could always when one door closes many more is open yeah yeah All right, with that in mind, we're going to throw and hear Railroad Earth perform that live for us right here. This is December 30th, 2019 at Diamond Street Studios.
live exclusive rendition. That's that was a live. That that, <clears throat> that reminds me of a very funny um, uh, uh, railroad earth moment. We were uh, we we had Billy Nershey out with us, and uh, me and me and Billy used to do that as a on stage joke, make, <laughs> make fun. When somebody would go up to the mic, like you were doing, right? Billy would go up to say something to the crowd, and I'd start talking over right. it. It created this kind of fun chaos. That's what Fred Norris did. It's what Fred Norris yeah, does it. to Robin. Oh, really? When she tries to start the news. <laughs> or at least she used to. I don't know if he does anymore. <laughs> Some people will get that reference, Seth. <laughs> Howard? <laughs> Seth has a very similar relationship with his mother that Howard does to his. I just want you to know I'm so proud of you. You're doing so wonderful. <laughs> my mother, on by the way, if you go to my Facebook, on my business <clears throat> Facebook, forget my personal, like I can deal with that, but my business account, every time I put something out there, she's like, my son, he's so handsome. I'm so proud of him. <laughs> Mazel tov, Seth. Was, your father and I are so proud of you. You're so good at this auctioneering. You're auctioneer. And when my you're son. When we release an episode, she always compliments Seth's presence. Never anything about me. Well, yeah. She's not listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate the love, but I mean, you know, it's like someone someone looks at my account, prospect, you know, they maybe they're thinking about hiring me and they're like, oh my God, if I, you know, if we don't pay this guy, his mother's going to come down on us. Excuse me. I believe you owe my son $25. <laughs> no, mom, that's $2,500. <laughs> So while we have no, no, you no, here, so so, uh, we want to talk about a couple of uh, icons of our show. Oh yeah, the first being Colonel Bruce Hampton. Yeah, what are your personal memories of him? And uh, um, well, you know, um, I didn't know Bruce all that well, so <coughs> you, you could, um, although I uh, um, met him a few times. Um, the most time I spent with him, I believe, would have been down at uh, at the Swanee Park down in Florida. They I forget the festival they had a Magfest. I think Mag it would have been that you would have yeah. been at, yeah. And he was there with it with uh, with his band, Code Talkers, at the time. Yeah, the Code Talkers. And uh, you know, I got to hang with him a little bit and uh, experience a little bit of this. Um, iconic personality that everybody <laughs> talks about and uh but I, I you know I didn't run into him a whole lot just a few times but the actually the time that we um and if but you know uh of course I've heard stories you know about his uh prescient ways and the way he can read minds and <laughs> strange things but um that's where we found Andrew, actually. I believe it was, uh, he was playing with a, a guitar player that he had met from uh, the Code Talkers, and I'm going to draw a blank on the name. Bobby Lee Rogers. Uh, yeah. Actually, so yeah, yeah. That's he's down in Florida now. Andrew was telling me the other week when we were in yeah. Mexico, a the Andrew, story. Andrew would be a better person to talk yeah, to about he, Colonel Bruce. His story, though, he's he, he in front of his mom, he pulls me aside with his daughter and mom. He's like, Seth, I want to introduce you to my mom. I go, well, all right, hi, nice to meet you. He's like, this is the one. This is the reason why I'm in this band. I go, how, how am I at all related to the story? <laughs> Apparently, when he was in college, I was promoting 
concerts and I, he saw a he saw he was in the school of music and he saw a poster for this Colonel Bruce Hampton. He's like, "What is this thing?" And it was my Shimon Presents thing. And he ended up going to the show. One thing led to another. Yeah. Ties in with Bobby Lee Rogers. Eventually ties in with you all. And I think like, it might have been here at the Variety actually, where um, where they were on the bill and. And I saw uh, Andrew playing and was really impressed. Mm. And uh, and then when we were uh, looking for a new bass player, we you know extended an invitation to him to come up and audition because from that one show, just yeah. being impressed with uh, that performance. And what I think the Colonel would have liked to have heard from you, and I think I even told him about once was where you were on August 9th, 1995. Oh, which is the... Um, Hampton Beach Club Casino. Yeah, the, the, that, <clears throat> which is the night that uh, Jerry Garcia passed. Yeah, that he was in From Good Home, Seth, and they were <clears throat> opening for Rat Dog. And this yeah. is, this oh, is wow. just such yeah. a heavy night on so many levels. First of all, Bobby mm-hmm. could have flown home, right? He had a flight. He chose because that we were out there, even though it wasn't like thousands of people. There were people on tour with Rat Dog, and they were freaking. We, we were freaking out. Oh, you were at that show? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So well, you guys it, had to go out in front of grieving deadheads f- with fresh news that Jerry Garcia had passed and play your show. Well, Whoa. yeah. And I actually Whoa. had a conversation with, uh, with Bob. You know, I kind of felt that maybe we should not open the show that night. We were on tour with Rat Dog right. opening the show for the whole entire tour. But after that happened, I went to him and and, uh, and I said, Bob, you know, maybe we should not open tonight and have you be the first one to go out and greet the fans tonight, you know, because people were coming in from all over the world to that concert. I mean, it the... The show was sold out, and then people were gathered out in the parking lot. Oh, they, bad, they, yeah. they put speakers out in the parking lot. The only time Hampton Beach Club Casino has ever done that. Yeah, they put speakers out in the parking lot, and thousands of fans gathered out there with the candlelit vigil and so listened to the concert. And um, and I went to him and, and said that, and he said, you know, no, I want you guys to open the show like like you've been doing. That's what Jerry would want. He'd want you to go out there and play. So go out and do a great set. And you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, and it was intense. And that whole that whole night. Then the next, the following few days, we we basically the tour stopped at that point, and Bob put us up in a hotel. He parked us there while he flew back. Well, for well, first of all, he had intense media obligations you know yeah. camera crews from every major network uh, putting cameras in his face asking him questions oh, and then imagine. he had to fly out to the um golden gate park uh, memorial that they had and so the tour was basically put on hold he he, he put us all up at that we stayed at the hotel in hampton beach where we were until he um did the things he needed to do and wanted to do. And then the tour resumed and continued. And then at that point, it just became crazy. I mean, it just blew up into this whole scene because all the deadheads wanted to grieve. And, you know, that was the focal point where they were gathering, you know, mm-hmm. coming to these concerts. So that was that was an amazing, amazing time. And it was an amazing night, one I will never, never forget. 
The one thing and my bandmate Brady got the got the crowd at the end with the he I think he ended with not fade away, and and then Brady sort of led the charge in getting everybody to that hole. No, this is well, this is what <laughs> happened. He ended with knocking on heaven's door, and the crowd was chanting knocking on heaven's door, right. and the crowd segued into not fade. I think that's what I think they Brady might have and Brady. Led. I was standing next, you know, by the side of the stage, and it was Brady started that, and then we the crowd and picked it up, took and, it into the lot. <laughs> yeah, we chanted not fade into the lot, and everybody's out there started doing it and went into the drums. It was so beautiful. I was like, it was tears. Amazing. It was like, yeah. That's how you honor Jerry. You don't sit around and mope, you know. You you you, you sing yeah. about the love. It was an amazing night, you know. That's uh, one of those nights. Well, sorry to get heavy on it. In lighter yeah. terms, yeah, the, no, that was uh, that's a. Um, I don't know. It's it. You know the the. It's a world that I've been a part of my whole career, and um, actually. Uh, you mentioned uh, what's the till the morning comes. I, you know, we we picked that up because um, me, Timmy, and John were uh, invited out to be part of the Rex benefit uh, out at the Fillmore. They did two yeah. nights. They did a night, one night actually, at the Fillmore, and we were part of that this year. The Rex Foundation, being the Grateful Dead's charity arm. Named after uh, a crew member who I think was killed during the New Year's run, 83, 84. Yeah. I think. And uh, so we, we played all of American Beauty that night. Um, and, uh, and 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 actually, you know, although I toured, did two tours with From Good Homes with Rat Dog opening up, I never actually had played with Bob. And that huh. night, and, and just, just about a month ago or so at the American Beauty... Uh, performance uh, you know I got an opportunity to actually play music with him and you know I was singing the Jerry parts and doing trucking and Sugar Magnolia <laughs> it was great it was it was so much fun and uh, you know and, I, and 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 got to um you know chat a little bit about you know those days long ago because I've, I've seen him several times you know several times over the years but never got a chance to talk about it a whole lot he so. makes a connection he remembers because, I mean, it's he's I been through a lot, remembered. but that one seems significant. <laughs> seems like something he might remember. Uh, I know he's crunchy, but... Yeah. No, I... I um, you'd have to ask him. You'd, we we, we would love to. Pretend, yeah. Can maybe you got his number? Give him a call. Maybe he pretended to... Why don't you line that up? Remember. Now that your buddies, Todd, <laughs> yeah, line it up right? for us. <laughs> well, no, um, but it's interesting how... How... Um, the The power of that of the of the world that they created you know and you know i'm always amazed by it you know but back then it was even on a level that was crazy mm-hmm. now got- you, you wanted to talk about sharon yes david bromberg who is a <laughs> who's a fan of yours well yeah. oh. um and you've you played with him most recently in baltimore maybe or delaware the delaware thing i don't know you've, you've played on stage <clears throat> with him right yeah we have um uh, you know, several times over the over the years, he d- he has a festival in in uh, Delaware that he does. Then we've we've played at that. Um, you know, we we uh, do a version of Newly Highway Blues. Yes, very and we and we and we had him up for that when we did uh, Bonnaroo. That was years ago, the Bonnaroo Festival. Um, but he came up with and did that one with us and. 
We most recently saw him, I believe, out in uh, at the Targi Festival out in uh, West Virginia. Is that? No, no, Wyoming, no, Wyoming, Wyoming. Yeah, W something. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, no, we love David. And and you know, speaking of Andy, Andy, one of the one of the last shows he 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 uh, got to was the one uh, down in Delaware, David uh, Bromberg's festival, and. Uh, I know, and he was he'd come right, right out of a treatment. I mean, he was in rough shape, but he really wanted to be there and 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 uh and say hi to to David. They became pretty good friends over the years. I know he went down to his birthday party at some point and so that was one of one of the last shows that Andy does he lay low? I when mean, he's... I, I believe he he, stayed, he still had like the hospital band on, oh, his, wow. on his wrist, you know, <laughs> cred. Yeah, but trooper he, cred. Yeah, he was unreal. But does Bromberg get comfortable enough with you on stage where he'll maybe do some of the things he does his own stage, like do it again, take it around again, or any of that kind of stuff? Or is he just laying low? And well, it's you know, it's hasn't been that extended of a sit in someday for maybe the stuff that we did. Yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be great. You know, David, uh, he was a huge influence on me when i was a kid i mean that's mm. i i did more bromberg covers than anyone probably in my repertoire i don't mean maybe there were more people who played more of his songs but for me personally i did a lot of his stuff i i loved i loved bromberg when i was a kid do you like to sleep late in the morning? <laughs> we gotta go. All right. Well, book a show in Wilmington at that theater and co-bill with them. And yeah. then, you know, who knows what could happen? But we are out of time. Uh, if you could, we're going to close with um, The Great Divide. If you can awesome, talk a little yeah. bit about that song and then throw it to it and we'll be done. I appreciate your time, Todd. Yeah, thank you so what? much. Yeah. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, The Great Divide, I, I had that uh, that song laying around and it seemed appropriate for this record I I um uh I'm not sure quite what to say about it you know there was some kind of press release that it was a tribute to Andy but I I wouldn't characterize it that way um I'm not sure where that came from <laughs> it's um it's you know rooted in gospel spiritual uh and bluegrass uh ideas and Faiths and thoughts, and a great divide. It can be a very allegorical idea to start with, <laughs> right? It can be a divide between many things. Yeah. There's a great divide in our country right now. I mean, yeah, it's a great divide in my hair right now. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly more palatable. Mm -hmm. Does your mom <laughs> comment on that? Uh, actually, well, we won't go there. But thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming out today, and folks, please check out the new album. It's available everywhere, and see them on the road. They're torn heavily through the uh, spring here. It's a new era of railroad earth. Exciting right. times. Thank you. <laughs> now go to soundtrack, brother. All right. <laughs> thank you very much. All
goodbye Don't you wanna come Don't you wanna be Flying like the golden eagle Off and flying free Don't you wanna soar Don't you wanna fly These troubled waters across the great divide. There's telling of a narrow pilgrim passage, a path to guide us on our way. There's telling of a Don't you want to come, don't you want to be Flying like the golden eagle off and flying free Don't you want to soar, don't you want to fly Fly up like the golden eagle high up in the sky Across the troubled waters, across the Treasures of the faithful heart are stored. 